Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook because it kicks ass. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Good afternoon. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We're full of caffeine. We're full of grilled cheeses and sliders. We're ready oh. to go <laughs> on this uh, dreary, snowy Tuesday. But I'm here for it. It's hockey weather. Let's do it, boys. Sure. sure. Yeah. You guys got grilled cheeses inside you? We do. For yes. the next 20 oh. to 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh-oh. Hour-long podcast, Greg. If Greg long. leaves, hey, you know what happened. We've got full-screen videos, multiples. Perfect day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're long enough, but okay. Good to know. All right, we'll good just play them in slow motion to uh, make sure Greg gets back like on challenge. time. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you smash that like button. On YouTube, if you're listening on your podcast app, just uh, pull over there and hit that subscribe button there as well. And oh, you're already pulled over. You might as well leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All those things go a really, really long way. couple reminders. We've got a very special show uh, Friday at 11 a.m. Special time, special show, special guest. There are no clues on the set. Nope, not absolutely at all. none. Oh no clues as to what it might be. I thought we weren't supposed to say anything. Don't I didn't say anything. We didn't say anything. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say a word. It's all a right. special show. We said there are no clues. There are no clues. Uh, pointing to our awesome uh, neon CHGO. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. it will be on C. All right, fine. There's one clue. It will yeah, be it indeed on, on CHGO. CHGO. Okay. So there you go. Friday at eleven. Be here. You won't want to miss it. Uh, we were supposed to talk to uh, TNT's Liam McHugh today. But he had some uh, some travel difficulties, so he's going to reschedule with us. We'll get him in. And now that he has done us dirty, he owes us Wayne Gretzky. Yep. That's yeah. how I look at it. We're going to yeah. guilt him in the good old visit from 99. <laughs> yeah. By the <laughs> way, it's not Wayne Friday at 11, okay? We're, we haven't made that happen that quickly. Um, but maybe someday. That would be really, really great. So um, with a little bit of a curveball thrown our way today, we're going to stretch our legs a little bit on a couple things. Uh, we're going to start the show uh, with some insight from Luke Richardson on some of the some of his coaching methods, some of his motivational tactics. Really good stuff from uh, yesterday. He also talked today after practice about the team's lack of willingness to shoot and how he goes about um, getting that message across as well. And if you missed it this morning for allchgo.com, my weekly Blackhawks beat piece uh, was published. Unlock this week because I thought it was something that every Hawks fan should have the chance to read. Uh, Ryder Ralston, Blackhawks prospect, really opened up about the Blackhawks developmental um, processes and uh, leadership. And we're going to share that audio with you later in the show as well. So, Greg, as you were there for the morning skate yesterday, I'm going to let you set up this first little piece of audio from uh, Luke Richardson here. Yeah, the the theme of yesterday pregame chat with Coach Richardson, there's still a lot of uh, discussion over the, the Anaheim game and how awful that first period was and uh, the need to have a better start. Uh, and we talked last night on the post game that he was satisfied with the start, uh, uh, the Hurricanes game. But then that went on to, well, you know, uh, our friend Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune asked about, hey, you're not much of a yeller or screamer, so how did you convey your message after that first period that got them to play better as the game went on? Uh, and then we got some great insight. This is the one thing that I'm a, the biggest, why I'm a fan of Luke Richardson is just because if you ask him a question, 
he's going to give you a very well thought out, yeah. very detailed answer. He doesn't leave. There's no guesswork when you're done talking with Luke Richardson. So this was his response to how he talked to the team after the worst period they played all season. I just tell them the truth. Uh, you know, we weren't prepared to play at the beginning of the game, and uh, that's not professional. And uh, we, we talked about, you know, maybe we don't have the lineup on the sheet that other teams have in this league, but I think we've showed that we have uh, some good resilience, uh, some good desperation in our play, and good team play, that we have to be prepared to do that at the start of the game, every shift, every period, all the way through for us to compete in this league, especially as it gets farther and farther into the into the season. So. You know, I, I just went in and just told them that, and, and I said we weren't ready to go tonight. And I said uh, I thought it was sloppy in the morning in practice, and I'm not a big morning skate guy. And as the season goes along, I'd like to, to kind of put most of them as optionals and save our energy for the night. But that means that you have to even be sharper for um, the start of the game. And you know, I told them I said I, I could come in here and yell and throw things and that, but I, I don't want to do that. I just want to make you guys realize. And I and after the game, uh, talking to them and say, you know, can we? Can we recognize that we, we we got away with this one tonight and make sure that we learn from it? How can we learn from that so it doesn't happen again or it doesn't happen very often in the season? Yeah, how do you uh, – well, they also mentioned that you know you treat them like men, which kind of yeah. struck me as like you would think uh, most coaches would, would do that. Yeah, I think uh, – I'm not – I wasn't talking to them or down to them. I was just wanted to make them realize themselves and have them self-talk and maybe talk amongst them, uh, each other or, or inspire each other to play better and pick it up and go. Uh, a coach yelling and screaming and trying to get them going will work for a little while, and that's it. I, I believe that will just turn off and turn, tune out. And then when they tune out, then they're not listening to the technical part of the game that we're trying to put in to together. So. I think, yeah, you just treat them like men, and uh, they are men. So uh, why wouldn't we treat them like men and professionals? Because I just said the reality is if you can't get over your mental hurdles to be prepared mentally and, and be in a pro, you won't be in this league long. And I said, that's, that's not a threat for me. That's just the reality of it. I just want to make sure they know that before it's too late. Every time this dude speaks, I love it. He just He just... He talks to everybody mm -hmm. like men, like human beings, right? Like they're not stupid. The same way with the media, the same way with his players. And I think as media, we appreciate it that when we ask a question, it's not going to be just some sort of canned, cliched answer. He actually has something thoughtful to say. Mm -hmm. And I think with, when players turn to him for insight or instruction, they know they're not just getting lip service either. He's an honest, open guy. And I think that really goes a long way. Um, with everybody, but most importantly with the players. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, too, you know, there there's a lot of <clears> – there's still a lot of learning each other that's going on with this team, you know, between the players learning each other uh, and, and, and learning um, under Luke Richardson, under his system and everything. But I think what, what can help is the fact that, you know, he he does seemingly a good job of communicating – and translating his his message uh, of what he's trying to get across, you know, as X's and O's and, and and systematically and everything, it seems you know we've heard from different players that it's something that's easy to understand, easy to, um, you know, what 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 is written down, you know, on the whiteboard and everything can translate to what's on the ice, uh, and that's that's something that I think, while it still takes time it's something that'll be easier to kind of digest 
systematically as as the season goes on. Still early. It's still 15 games. Like it's mm-hmm. it's some of these guys are are coming from different, completely different systems. Some of these players are coming from Jeremy Colleton. So it's you know, it's 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 getting back to a more. Um, I shuddered. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's getting back to what should be a more simplistic, more north south game, and I think we've kind of seen the team stray away from that from time to time. And that's kind of when things break down or when things aren't going well. Like, when things have gone well, when, the, when they've been able to come back from two goal deficits, it's when they're playing a simpler game. And I think we've – and he talked about it today, and we'll get to it in a, in a second. He talked about trying to just kind of get back to doing more of the simple things to, to get those results. So I think it's, it, it does take some time, but the early returns are – they're in a – they have a better record than – I think everybody expected them to. And yeah. so it, it's, it's eventually getting there. I think <clears throat> there was a question before that earlier uh, in, in his chat uh, where he talked about, you know, you're in, a, in the course of an 82-game season, you're going to have games like that Anaheim game where for whatever reason just things aren't working. The, uh, and he says you have to be able to recognize that as, as professionals. Some nights you're not going to have your A game. You're not even going to have your B game. You'll probably have your C or D game. And you have to be able to recognize that and then adjust and simplify it and just play a simple game. When you know you don't have it for whatever reason, things aren't clicking, revert back to the basics. Yep. And, and, and then he, that was my favorite comment out of all that was towards the end where he says, if you're not prepared, you're not going to stay in this league. Right. That's not a threat. That's the truth. Yeah. And some people might need to be reminded of that. And, and that's directed to the entire team, not just the young guys. But I, I love how he's pretty much letting the players kind of police themselves. Let the players, let the veteran guys in there speak up. Because as he said... Hearing a young player hearing it from the coach, yeah, 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 yeah you're eventually gonna get tuned out. Yeah, get out. tuned out. Yep. But when it's the guys that are out there that you're, to use an old tired cliche, you're in the foxhole with, that are telling you to mm-hmm. pick it up. I think that has a different effect. Yes. It, it has a different effect on a Mackenzie Entwistle or Reese Johnson to have Connor Murphy in their ear than you know Kevin Dean. Right. You know, it's 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 a good philosophy and. You know, obviously, the talent level is not, you know, what anybody wants at this point. So you're going to have struggles. But he's putting people in positions to succeed. And then once they start to succeed, he's trusting them. And that's something that we haven't had here in a while. Yeah. Well, Region Rev uh, makes a good point. She said, I really like how he framed it with a player's mindset, not shaming. It's about trust or attitude. Yeah, that's he just it's not about a punishment. It's not about yelling and screaming, or even if that's not your style, about passive-aggressively threatening. That's not what it is. He's just instructing. Mm-hmm. He's just informing. Uh, you talked about keeping it simple, and last night we all sort of laughed at the idea of Jujar Kara and Mackenzie Entwistle being on the power play last night. Well, guess what? Those guys keep it simple. Right. They're not the most skilled guys in the world, obviously, but if they get a puck on their stick and they've got a look and a shot on the power play, they're going to take it. They're not going to try to dipsy doodle their way through people, and yeah. and and we're going to get to a little bit on that in a little bit here. Those guys keep it simple, so maybe that's the mindset of the power play: is put those guys out there, just do it, just yeah. traffic in front, shots on goal, and there you have it. The other thing is, 
you know, the the not not having it and keeping it simple, which you alluded to, Greg, from before the game yesterday. He is acknowledging to these guys that, look, I played a long time in this league, and I understand that not every night are you going to have your best effort or you're not going to feel great or for whatever reason you can't get your legs under you or whatever. He's not saying you guys are professionals and you got to give 110% all the time. It's not realistic. Luke has been there where he's had nights where he just can't get it going. Everyone has. Steve Eiserman's had it. Jonathan Taze has had it. Joe Sackick's had it. Go up and down the list of players throughout history, and they've had those nights where they just can't get out of their own way. He's saying, look, I've been there. Derek King's been there. Kevin Dean has been there. Derek Plant has been there. Just simplify. That is the way to work your way out of it. And if it's an entire team reason for jet lag or whatever reason, that's how you get out of it. And the last little point before I forget (laughs) is one of the things he's been harping on all season since taking over, since training camp, is getting the players to talk to each other getting them to police themselves so it doesn't have to be him all the time. He has said that at least half a dozen times since training camp started. That is clearly a huge point of emphasis for him. And I don't know if he's making progress in that department, and maybe that's something we can ask him next time You know, it comes up because it is something that he has emphasized where he just wants to be around but not in the faces of everybody. And like you said, Connor Murphy talking to – a young defenseman or young forward and saying, hey, why don't you try this, can be a lot more effective than, oh, here's just the boss yelling at us again, right. you know? Yeah, I think it, it, it comes down to, like you said, uh, Greg, like if, if you are constantly getting the same messages from the same voice, it starts to get, yeah. you know, lost in, 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 in the noise of everything else. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we've heard from Jonathan Taze um, kind of complimenting Richardson and how he allows – the players to have, you know, have that voice and that space in, in the locker room and, and let the leaders be the, the veteran presence uh, for, for the younger guys and, and for each other. And I think that that goes a long way. And, it, yeah, it comes with having a 1,400-plus game career. You know the, the, the life of the NHL player and you know, the, you know what works for players to, to communicate well and – I, I think it's 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 a good mix for what this locker room needs, um, and it's a breath of fresh air from a, you know, the last coach. Absolutely, uh, and you mentioned Jonathan Taves, how he has vocally expressed his appreciation for you know being able to be that veteran leader. Richardson on the other side of that coin praises those guys when he the, the, even today, uh, or it was maybe it was yesterday at post game talking about. Uh, he was asked about, you know, when, when Taves has a night at the faceoff dot like he did last night, does it get everything else kind of going for him? And he, like one of the first things he says, and he's done this multiple times about Taves and other players, is like, yeah, when he's on the bench, he's into the game, he's talking to guys, he's telling people things, he's getting people. He said even when we were down 3 nothing in the third period, he's on the bench getting guys to keep pushing. Let's get one. Mm-hmm. Let's get one. Like, so he sees it, and he appreciates that too. So – it's, it's like a two-way street. Like, I'm going to give you this rain to do this stuff, and then when you do it, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to pump your tires a right, little bit yeah. too. It's, it is very refreshing. It's not, 
it's not Jeremy Colleton who came in here with very little resume, and what was on that resume was not much of an accomplishment. And he comes into the room and says, I'm the smartest guy here. Play it my way, or, you know, you can leave. Mm -hmm. Talk talk about shooting yourself in the foot on day one. Right. To a team with Brent Seabrook, Duncan yeah. Keith, with, Patrick with Kane, with Jonathan Tays. Multiple Taze, Hall like, of yeah. Famers who have won three championships. Mm-hmm. Multiple guys who have played more playoff games in one postseason than he played in his entire NHL career. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have that attitude. That was doomed from day one. But now here comes the exact opposite. A guy that has been through the wars. A guy that has seen it all. Nothing is going to surprise Luke Richardson. And he says, hey, you know, this is your team. I'm here to you know, the game plan in, but it's up to you guys to figure it out and execute it. He's the perfect kind of guy for me to be a head coach in the league in terms of like the NHL pedigree where he played forever. He was never a star, but every hockey fan knew who Luke Richardson was. Yeah. Like his reputation preceded him because he had just been such a steady physical team, you know, competitor, his entire career, and while I think it's tough sometimes for guys like we've seen, like Wayne Gretzky tries to go behind the bench, and it's it's tough. Yeah, and and Quenville is a very similar sort of a player to Richardson. I think Richardson was probably a better player than Q, mm. um, by a decent margin. But same, like right. I've been through all these games, yeah. but I I know what it's like to struggle. Wayne Gretzky could just go. Well, why don't you just go do what I do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's go, kind of, go put up seven points. What's wrong yeah, with just you? Just go be me. What I did. Just go be me. Yeah. Just go All score right. a hat trick. Well, come on, suck it up. You know. I think Luke just has that perfect kind of resume to be a head coach, and like we've been saying, his demeanor has been so impressive. And I, I think maybe a little project for us to do is we're in the locker room soon is just start picking guys' brain about their experience with him so far. Yeah. Because at this moment. The Hawks locker room is full of a bunch of different guys. You've got Jack Johnson, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, these proven vets. You've got younger vets like Connor Murphy and Caleb Jones. You've got young guys like Mackenzie Entwistle and Philip Roos. You've got kind of the whole gamut of NHL players in that room, and I would love to start hearing from guys, and it's tough to not get, like, cliched answers all the time. Right. But really just get some insight. Maybe if it's just off the record. Just say, hey, you know, what's it been like to play in for, for Luke? Yeah. And, because I, I think it's fascinating. I, as, as a member of the media, it's my first time covering a team full-time. Um, I've just been so – every time he speaks, I learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Yeah. That's significant. That, that goes a long way. I, I, I always think about it <clears throat> in baseball, how some of the best managers weren't star players. They Most were – Yeah, aren't. Yeah, they're, they're all, you know, all they're, random catchers that played yeah. for. Yeah, yeah right. they're all lots of minor league catchers. <laughs> right, exactly. Luke Richardson's the hockey equivalent of a journeyman catcher. Yeah, you know, he's Ron Karkavice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with Bruce Bochy. Or, sure, okay, or, uh, right. Sure. It's but Ron yeah, it's, Hassey. it's <laughs> Ron Hassey. There you it's go. that uh, it's that's that's kind of that same uh, situation where you know it's it's guys that had to players players that had to evolve throughout their careers to stay in the league and to be able to, you know, fit different roles because, you know, you, you see how <clears throat> you see how the game, you know, changes and how you have to, you know, change with the game and, and, and really work on those things because you don't necessarily have just the God given talent to fall back on. Like Wayne like Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was never coached a day in his life. 
Right. You just said go out there and, and be Wayne Gretzky. Be, be yourself and, <laughs> right. and let everyone That's else easy. figure everything out. But yeah. only one player in the history of the game was able to go out there and be Wayne Gretzky. Right, exactly. So, yeah. You, uh, Mark Messier. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> we had a couple, couple of comments in the chat about the five-on-five five goals. Yes, that is a major issue. But I don't think the, the, the Blackhawks' bad play at five-on-five five has a whole lot to do with Luke Richardson or his systems. No, that's it has to do with that's the roster. It that's has the to do fact with that bums. You, that's the fact that <laughs> yeah. you've got nine bottom six forwards on your team. You got six different versions of the same guy. Yeah, you've got six Mackenzie Entwistles. Yeah, the, the 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 fact that they're you know six six and three through the first fifteen games is. They're they're playing above expectations. They're playing above their their yeah. weight right now. They're getting they're getting really good goaltending. Yeah, better than expected goaltending. Yes. Uh, you know, for a while they're getting the, the penalty kill has been pretty good for the most part. On minus, some nights, minus yeah. a, a couple slip up games, but for the most part, it's been good. The power play is kind of the same power play it's been. You know, mm-hmm. it, it gets hot and stretches. Yeah, the five-on-five five isn't good, but I don't think anybody really had any expectations for this to be a good five-on-five five team. Right. Considering how bad they've been at five-on-five five, when they had guys like Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubelik, yes. they were still awful at five-on-five. Five. Right. They were still getting owned. So them being lousy at five-on-five five is the least non-breaking news story of the year. I just encourage people in general to not just look for a reason to be mad. This is exactly how this is designed to go. This is exactly how everyone predicted the Hawks would do. Actually, they're better than people predicted. Let's be honest. Uh, But the five-on-five struggles, the lack of scoring, this should not be a surprise to anybody. Anyone who looks at it and says, this coach sucks because they're not scoring at five-on-five, look at the roster. Right. These guys are not scorers. You can't just... Be on the ice and magically get scoring prowess. It doesn't work that way. At some point, talent either catches up with you or it just it it, it keeps you behind. Yeah, it pulls and, you down. And right. I, and I think we're at the point where you know they got off to a hot start, but now I think the talent is catching up with yeah. them, and, and we'll, it's going to start pulling. We'll them get out. into a little bit of that with the second uh, uh, after this little break from our sponsors we'll get in a little bit more of that about hey they probably just need to shoot more if they want to start <laughs> scoring more that wouldn't hurt um shoot the puck but if you do want to see one of these uh five on five dynamo games in person uh you should go check out game time they are our new friends well not that new but they are our friends and they are the best site to go to to get your tickets to any Blackhawks games, you want to go to Bears game, Bulls, you want to go see concert, you want to go get they, those those Taylor Swift tickets that you couldn't get on Ticketmaster uh, uh, for $12,000 or whatever yeah. they're going for on the yeah. secondary market. It's cheaper to see Dave Matthews tonight. Yes, you can go see Dave Matthews tonight. If, if, you, if you've if you got three hours and you want to take a nap, you can go see Dave Matthews. Uh, okay. okay. That's <laughs> rude. Come on. Let's don't don't yuck people's yums, Greg. All right. Sorry. Just, just <laughs> Dave Matthews is in town. Stay clear of the bridges just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, right behind the Blackhawks bench. Well, now you can with game time and they have the biggest last minute price drops that can be found on seats you thought you could never 
buy. You won't find a better deal for Blackhawks tickets. You want to go see the big Marion Hosa banner raising ceremony on Sunday. And why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. We love Marion Hosa. Uh, go, you go to game time. The tickets are coming down. You can get in there for, I believe, under 90 bucks now. They were like 120 bucks. The beginning of the season, they're down. I think you can get 300 level tickets for like $84. 45 what? bucks Look at gets that. you in they're, the building right they're now. They're dropping. Prices are are coming down. 45 bucks to get yourself a ticket to see the Marinosa banner raising ceremony. That, my friends, is a great deal. And that that's not the only deal on game time. Cross the board, whatever you want, whatever event you want to go to, you're going to save a ton of money using game time. And if you find a deal at, on, on another website, for the same type of ticket, for a cheaper price, let them know about it. They will match it. And if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is to by buying your tickets through the link that's in all of our podcast descriptions. So if you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. Make sure you're pressing that giant thumbs up button on your way there. Right under that, you're going to see the link to go to Game Time. If you're listening on one of our other podcast facilities, you'll see this link in the description as well. Join over 15 million people who have... Used game time and score the best seats for all your favorite events. Reminder, if you're going to the HOSA game, festivities start at 4.30. So if you're planning on getting there right before puck drop at 6, you're going to miss the whole thing. Get there at 4.30. Nationally televised game, so the Hawks want to get TV coverage of this thing. So make sure you're there by 4.30 at the very, very latest if you're going to the game. I believe doors open at 3.30. 3.30, doors open, yep. Get there at 3.30. Good call. That's, yes, that's the best best advice I can I can give you if you're able to get there at three thirty, get there at three thirty. And uh, if you're into saving money using the Game Time app, uh, you're probably interested in saving money on your energy bill. Uh, that's where Comed can come into play. One of our newer sponsors, uh, the Comed Energy Efficiency Program. Uh, is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities that they serve manage their energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territories. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights, through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and much more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost effective than before. I know I always get the energy efficiency uh, report cards in uh, in the mail every month from ComEd. Um, I thought I was done being nervous about report cards uh, a couple of years ago when I finished school, but uh, ComEd, they... Uh, you know, I, much like when I was in school, just enough to pass. Good job. So yeah. for, for my ComEd energy uses, just enough mm-hmm. to pass and be uh, somewhat efficient. So I might uh, might look into changing some of my light bulbs in my it house. It goes on your permanent record. Yeah, it does. Don't forget. Permanent record of life. Uh, so right now, if you want to save some money, be more energy efficient, uh, go to ComEd.com slash powering, powering biz now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, you can contact them at 855-433-2700, and you can email them for more information at businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Got a comment in the chat from Philip saying, the power play sucks too, upgrade required there. Uh, that's true, and, but as we look at the things that the Hawks are bad at, almost all of them, 
are tied to talent. Yeah. Right? It's it's they just don't have the horses to to compete with most teams in the league. And uh, I saw Michael I said mean, it's hard Patrick to get Kane, horses on skates, to be fair. Good good point by you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Um, Thank Michael you, points out that Patrick Kane won goal question mark. He has two. He's two. Uh, but Patrick Kane's shooting percentage is five point one percent. For his career, he's eleven point six. He's got thirty nine shots on goal. That leads the team by a large margin. That is going to correct. Patrick Kane's shooting percentage for the season is not going to be 5%. There's no way that's going to sustain. And, yeah, you'll have Taves come down a little bit in shooting percentage, and those things will get back to he already you know is. where they usually are. But Kane's going to be fine. He's still almost a point-per-game player. Um, Taves is picking up points. But th- that's really it. Those are really your only consistent point producers. Tyler Johnson will not play Wednesday but looks really, really close. Yeah. Um, Should probably play on the weekend. Yeah, I would I'm think guessing. so. I would think so. But who else on this team is really a, a proven scorer? There's nobody. Seth Jones has been out, so it's, it's yeah. a, that's another, you it's, know. It's been a big factor on the five and five. Yeah, that's, and an, that's another factor in, in why this team is having trouble getting offense generated. Yeah. And Seth, before you point out that Seth Jones doesn't have power play goals, yes, but he is a point accumulator he is a, yeah. an assist guy when Seth Jones was injured he was second on the team in shots on goal it took the Blackhawks four games before someone passed him yeah. in shots to right. just give you an idea he's a, he's a, he's he's not having him out there has been uh, it, it's caused more problems it's made a bad five on five and power play team even worse right, right. Yep. yeah when you have when your options to lead power plays without Seth Jones are his brother Caleb Philip Roos, who's in and out of the lineup, or Alec Regula, who's in and out of the lineup, yeah. you're really missing a big piece there. And that's, you know, it correlates with their he's, he's lack a, of He's offense. a guy, somebody, they have to, it's, he's a guy that opposing teams have to worry about when he has the puck. Right. When Caleb Jones has the puck, you could probably play off him a little bit and Not say, where's worried. Patrick Kane at? Yeah. But when Seth Jones has the puck, you, you got to give him the respect of either the pass or the shot of mm-hmm. his. I know he hasn't doesn't have a power play goal yet. No Blackhawks defenseman does in a long time. I saw uh, Sam Fells from uh, from well, now with Deadspin, but formerly of the uh, of Faxes Frankeldale, put the stat out today. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, May first, twenty twenty, was the last <laughs> power play goal they scored. <laughs> uh, Connor Murphy has the last one. It was against the Connor Murphy. It was against the uh, Panthers, I believe, because I, I have this stat ready to go okay, for when good, they good. It's, it, coming into this season. It was eighty-seven straight games without wow. power. So now it's at what is that? hundred and two by my quick math. Hundred and two. Yep. So yes, I have that memorized in my brain. So when they finally do get one, I can say that's their first there power play goal from there a defenseman. Yes. Uh, speaking of All Philip Bruce, stuff. and speaking of shooting. Uh, Luke answered a question about Philip Bruce's development and how he seems to be a very fast learner. And ended his thought by saying, we just want him to shoot the puck more. I followed up with a question regarding the whole team. We're going to play that for you right now. Those on uh, watching on YouTube, prepare for Luke Richardson to stare into your soul for <laughs> Yeah, he really minutes. stared right at me, and I was scared. <laughs> that seems to be a trend with the team. When there's some opportunities to shoot, they've been passing him up. Is that maybe frustration setting in? What do you credit that to? Uh, I think, you know what I mean, you second guess yourself and you think there's a guy at the side of the net that might have an open net if you're looking at a goalie looking at you. But a lot of times the teams they have such good sticks nowadays that they get a stick on it. And, and we try and preach that to our guys to make sure there's no seams, no back doors, let the goalie have a seat and have the first shot. 
So, you know, I think, uh, you know, today was just more straight line shooting, driving the net, getting some second chances, and, and then maybe it goes side to side, east-west, and there's an open net. Uh, so we like to have a little bit more shoot, uh, shooting mentality and and then converging on the net and a lot of times the second opportunities go east-west and they're there. Uh, instead of east-west, the guy gets a stick on it, you know, everybody's like ah, on the bench and you hear the crowd exhale and, and you know, they go down the other way and uh, you're back checking so you're wasting all your energy again. Instead of getting a shot and usually when you get a shot you're skating towards the net and unless it's a terrible bounce against us we usually have, are the first people on the puck so we have a chance of retrieval for more ozone time so we just keep reminding them sometimes they get frustrated and they're looking for the perfect shot or they you know wait and want for the perfect pass but they do a good job defensively and uh, you know I think I think we just get a couple games where we can start getting goals three maybe four maybe a, go a game of five again would be nice just to kind of relax everybody and just play the game. That's it. It's it's again. It's a guy who gets it. It's a guy who understands exactly why his team is playing the way they're playing and doing what they're doing. Is you're seeing the frustration from the lack of results mount. And there was a point during the second period last night, Greg. I think it was after a Hawks power play where I heard at least two stick slam and the door slam. They're feeling it. Mm -hmm. They are frustrated. Patrick Kane is pissed. I think mainly at himself uh, for not being able to convert on things. He's getting a ton of shots blocked too. Um, they're frustrated. And what Luke's saying there is, you know, get one of those four or five goal games and everything's going to kind of open up and everybody can breathe a little bit. But the longer the scoring struggles go, and we saw this back in the cup days, where if they had a slump of a couple games where things weren't working, they would overpass mm -hmm. and try to make the perfect play over and over again. It just doesn't work. And again, Luke's the kind of guy who can get that message across and say, I had to keep my whole career simple. Yeah. You know, so just I, I was upset about Kara being on the power play last night. But now that I've had like a night to sleep on it and hear what he's saying, it's a guy who keeps it simple. Mm -hmm. And that might be exactly what this team needs right now. As I, sorry, as I said in the Hawks hits uh, last night, my write up of the game on allchgo.com, by the way, go check it out. I led with the line. Luke Richardson sees everything we're seeing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. He knows what the problems are. And he's trying to change it. And again, probably just doesn't have the right combination of guys to do everything he wants. So the old kiss uh, method is, has been used. Keep it simple, stupid. And that's that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. And, and I think, too, we've we've all harped on it about guys p passing up shooting lanes, trying to make a, a cross cross ice pass. And he addressed it in uh, today. It just th th those kinds of cross ice backdoor setups. Yeah, sometimes you can pass yourself into that kind of play organically, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes those come from second and third opportunities. And and this this Blackhawks team uh, has strayed away in recent games from trying to even just create those second and, and third opportunities. I, I feel like so many times, you know, they they try and pass themselves into the perfect shooting opportunity, and boom, it gets blocked by just the, just the defenseman getting their stick out there in the lane, and it hits the stick uh, and goes up into the netting or goes wide, and then they, they're not able to, to create you know a second chance or a rebound. When you get pucks, <clears throat> there's never a bad play of shooting the puck and getting it on net. Like anything, can, it can take any kind of bounce. We saw with um, Jared Tenorti's second goal the other night. Uh, it was 
you know, he, he it was not a good shot, but it was a shot towards the net, took a few bounces, and ended up in the back of the net. Like, those things can happen. Um, and even on shots like that where they take a couple bounces, it might not go in, but it might find your teammate completely on the opposite side of the ice where the goalie's out of position, and there's your open net to shoot at. It doesn't have to come from perfect, you know, tic-tac-toe, five passes, and then you get a shot. Um, so I, th- I think if, if they – if that message can get drilled in and just be like, hey, Max Domi, if you have a wide open <laughs> shooting lane, shoot. For instance. Yeah, just, you know, just, to, just throw it out there. If you have an open shooting lane, you know, you can try and pick a corner or you can try and shoot for a rebound because most, most of the time there's someone there trying to get a screen or trying to get there for, for a garbage chance. And, and I think, yeah, it's what you said, Greg. Um, Richardson sees it. We're yelling at our TVs. We're yelling in the 300 section. You know, fans see it. He sees it too. And it's just, it's just about keeping the message consistent and making sure that the players are sticking to it and not kind of not deviating off of what works. Yep. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not sugarcoating anything. He's not. You know, we we're used to. I don't know if we're used to, but we've seen a lot of coaches coming to this town. You know. Could you imagine Lovey Smith having conversations like this? Lovey Smith was a really good coach for the Bears, but he always talked down to you. Yep. Like, how dare you? Great you know. question, Greg. Uh, all four phases were great today. Let's <laughs> start with the first He would never phase. explain <laughs> anything to you. Or or you have plenty of coaches who, like, get insulted that you would, like, ask them about their systems or why things aren't working. Luke Richardson is just on the same level as his players – and has his media. And that may change as years pass. You know, it's his first year, too. Maybe he's just trying to, I want everybody to like me. Maybe he's one of those type of guys. <laughs> and, yeah, but I, I don't way. think he's going to change. I don't yeah. think, like, when this team has a better roster and they, they start winning some games and they become a playoff team again, will he be as, you know, outright and, and honest? Time will tell, but I don't, I don't think he's going to really change much of anything. He just strikes me as a guy who's very comfortable in his own skin I think he very much believes in what he's doing. We knew when he interviewed that he blew the Hawks away in his interview. The guy knows hockey. There's no doubt about it. And he's got the respect. He's got the presence. He checks all the boxes aside from NHL experience, which he's getting right now. As a head coach. As a head coach. And when it comes time to win, then he'll have that experience, right? Mm -hmm. And, And hopefully those things work out. A couple comments. I mentioned you at lunch. Ran into a guy in the atrium yesterday, Sam. Who said he's a big Greg Boyson fan? There he is in the chat. All right, I know, I know Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sam is one of my uh, trivia players. So there you go. I like Sam. when people are like, "Sam, it was great to meet you." But he come up to me. He goes, "I'm a big fan of Greg Boyson." I'm like, "Me too." <laughs> well, that's one. I'm, like, I'm right one. here. And then we're at lunch, and the guy's like, "Are you Jay?" I'm like, "Yes." And Mario and Greg are at the table. I'm like, "They're here too." And now Sam in the chat's asking me specifically a question. We're all here, Sam. We can answer you. How difficult is it to talk about this team every day for an hour, knowing there's no magic cure? The magic cure is drafting and developing. Yes. That's what every team that wins Stanley Cups does. It's not complicated. It's not magic. Is it easy? No. But if you have a unified uh, plan that everyone's on the same page with from head coach to general manager to player development to all those things, you're going to be more likely to have success. And with that in mind, 
we want to share with you. Can I also interject? Yes, yes. Um, it is not. It is not difficult to uh, come here, sit in this chair, and talk about the Blackhawks five times a week. No. This is, I speak for the three of us, this is exactly <laughs> what we want to be doing with our lives in our careers. Um, so covering this team, um, sure, it might be a challenge, but I don't want to go back no. to selling insurance. No. I was terrible at it, and I hated it. Talking about losing hockey five days a week is much better than uh, doing inventory control again. Yes. So, I went yeah. six months of having to wear a button-down shirt. Jeez. <laughs> I am never. Now, you, now you're wearing button-down hoodies. Ever going back. These are decorative, I believe. <laughs> oh, actually, those they're, uh, they're, yeah, they are. All right, they okay. actually function. Those three shirts took a beating for that six the, months. They are already <laughs> in a donation bag. <laughs> they are already no. in a donation uh, yes, bag. Yes, we would definitely like to be talking about more wins and better hockey, but and that's coming. Give it time. That's coming, and and hopefully you all will still be there. And, and, and Also, and, hello to yes. our friend in Delaware. Yes, Germ Johnson in Delaware. I believe Hi. you're our first fan from Delaware. Delawarean. Yes. Well, no, no, no. That's exciting. No. Uh, Joe Biden, huge fan. Joe Biden. Sure. Sure. We'll see him Aubrey show up Plaza? in the chat someday. That's yeah, as far I mean, as I can maybe. go. Let's get him on the show. Bunch That'll of malarkey. Well. It's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> um, all right, but well, before we uh, get to Ryder Ralston's comments, want to remind everybody it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Looking at tonight's action, I have a new emerging favorite young NHL player. It is Tage Thompson of the Buffalo Sabres. Not killer odds, but it's Canucks at Sabres tonight. Tage Thompson's plus 120 to score a goal. Anytime goal scorer, why the hell not? If you want to have a little more fun with those. How do you spell that? Tage? Tage, T-A-G-E. That's not a name. Well, his parents tried to call him Stage. (laughs) Stage Thompson. That's a little more. That's a little tough, but he's a good young player. Uh, plus one twenty to score tonight against the Canucks. Why the hell not? And you could always boost those odds too by doing one of those same game parlays, or you can pick him to score the first goal or the last goal, and it gives you bigger odds and a bigger payout. And that's a really fun way to play. That's how you use those same game parlays and well as well. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at that huge payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so no worries there. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And I know looking out of our windows right now, today is not the day that sunglasses are probably on the top of your, your brain, but uh, eventually the sun will come back out. That's what little orphan Annie tells us. The sun will come out tomorrow, and you will need mm. some awesome sunglasses, and when that need arises, you need to check out Shady Rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays has you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Did you drop them in a lake, off of a cliff, 
anything. However you lost your glasses, we can come up with some creative ways as we go along. They'll replace them. It doesn't matter how silly it sounds. They're sending you a brand new pair. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you from being a customer for the last couple of years. They are as good, if not better, than any expensive brand on the market. Shady Gray's customers seem to agree with that as they have over 200,000 five-star likes. That's a million stars. At That's least a, a million. That's a million stars. I think That's we need to get 200,000 five-star likes. Yeah. Shady Gray's <laughs> also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So look cool while doing something cool for others. They stand behind their product. And they told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit right out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love your Shady Rays or they will pay for you to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray is running their deepest discount deal of the season. Use the promo code CHGO for 50% off any orders that includes two or more pairs. That's buy one, get one free. You can get two awesome pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses for as low as 54 bucks. It's the best 54 bucks you can spend on the interwebs today. Trust me on that. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com. I love how our chat has turned into, where did you meet Jay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael says, I saw Jay at a game once, but didn't want to bug him. I know it can be annoying sometimes. Uh, it does not bother me to say I actually He's just swatting. It's actually like kind of cool for people to recognize. Me. I, I, why would that? It doesn't bother me at all. I just uh, if you see me at a game, I'm probably trying to get here between periods. So if I'm rude and like I think Sam, I was a little bit rude to Sam last night. And I'm sorry, but I was rushing to get from stadium to. Uh, CHGO before the third period started. But, yes, of course, I think you say hi to any of us. It's still a little weird to be recognized. Yeah. Um, it never gets normal. It, it's it's fine at Hawks games. It's even weirder when you're somewhere not hockey-related. Yeah. Like you're at, you know, a lunch mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, not what uh, the guy today. But I've been in weird, strange places, and someone would say, hey, you're the guy from CHGO. And I'd be like, sure, yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> thank you. It's a little weird, but... It's fun. Uh, Dale met me as I was uh, getting back into ice skating, trying to get myself back into it and get better at it. I have not been back since that last session because my schedule does not allow for it right now. (laughs) Uh, But maybe in the summer I'll get back into it because, yeah, I want to get I want to get I want to get good enough to start playing again. I haven't played. That's it. Put you on that second power. I was never I was (laughs) just when I I played, I played goalie and Mm. I actually have never played an an ice hockey game. Uh, I got into hockey late in high school. And I had never skated before then. So I tried to get my best and learn how to rollerblade so I can play, you know, street hockey, which I did. And I played in a floor league in Orland Park. Not a floor league, a roller league in Orland Park as a goalie. But that's it. And I want to get to the point where I can just start playing some beer league games and not kill myself or others. Yeah. That's the idea. I wish I had more time. I haven't played in, God, like two years at least. Yeah. I don't know how good our health insurance is here at CHGO, so I'm just not. <laughs> not in, you're, you're out. I'm, I'm too old for that. I'm, I'm Danny Glover. I'm too old for this. Yeah, I'm we with do, you. We should do a, uh, a CHGO uh, rent out a roller rink. For, hey, we could just do it in here. Holiday just party. Clear yeah, out, yeah, yeah. open up the glass Space. doors, clear the stuff out. We can do a roller hockey game right in here. Yeah. yeah, we could do that. Um, we could. I don't think the neighbors downstairs would enjoy <laughs> yeah. it as much as we'll we would. We'll do it at midnight when they're not there. True. Yeah. Hey, that lady's there at midnight, damn it. That's true. That oh. lady never leaves, man. She oh, is really? strapped to her desk. The first floor? <laughs> the one on the first floor. On is the first, on the first floor. Is? We were leaving last night around 1130, and she was she was still at her desk. 
Go home. This is a hard Thanks. worker. Uh, Sam Baker says, if you see Jay, Greg, or Mario at the games, you have to buy them shots. New rule. Well, uh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't drink anymore. but uh, I'll, I And we can't really drink at the game. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Buy uh, me a hot dog. Yeah, yeah it's cheaper, and I'll appreciate it more. Yeah. That is a good rule. <laughs> I like that's that a better. Rule. Yeah, can yeah. I get us send, that, send up some of that Eddie Olchek soft serve ice cream? I'm, I'm yeah, okay yeah, with just that. start. Yeah. Just walk up to the 300 level and just start chucking food at us. We're right in the front row of the 300 level of the press box. You can't we'll miss us. It, yeah. Just throw some hot dogs our way. We'll throw you some brownies. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it'll be a nice I'm exchange program. We can work brownies. Those are good. Brownies are amazing. Give you some of the Mark Bergevin touched gummy bears. Contaminated gummy bears. All right, before we wrap up, I want to. We want to share this audio with you uh friday we went to notre dame to watch the fighting irish and the michigan wolverines play each other after the game caught up with Ryder ralston and talked to him about what it's like being a blackhawks prospect i wrote about this for allchgo.com today monday i was able to catch up with uh, player development coach eric condra who sort of advanced the story a little bit don't have audio of that but check out the story at allchgo.com but here's what Ryder ralston had to say uh, spend a week in Chicago over the summer at the development camp working yeah. with the Hawks. Was there anything specifically that you've been able to take away from that experience to kind of help you this season? For sure. You know, I think a big thing is just a relationship I built with, you know, the staff there, uh, the front office, the development staff. I think, you know, obviously a lot of great hockey minds. There's a lot of things that I learned, especially, you know, off the ice too with the, the weight room staff. And, um, you know, a great thing too at development camp is, the staff, they know the players, they know everything that you're good at, everything you got to work on. So I felt, even though it is kind of a group camp specifically, you know, a lot of them focus on individual guys and what they need to work on. So I felt I made even big steps as a player during that camp and just to build a relationship with those people was great. And when you're here and just in season, what kind of contact do you have with the organization? Are they keeping in touch? Is there a, you know, is there a plan for you here or is it pretty much you're in Notre Dame's hands when you're here? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know cross relationships between the uh, front office, the development staff, and the people here. I mean, there's a lot of Notre Dame alumni within the Blackhawks organization. I mean, a big thing too is they trust everything that you know I'm getting taught here. So I think you know they, they kind of stay on the outside. They let me you know play within everything that's I'm being told here and things like that. But you know that being said, I, I do talk with Eric Condra quite a bit, Mark Eaton, and just checking over film and things like that because. I think it's good to just continually have a relationship with those guys because obviously in the future those are going to be people that you know, I'm going to be talking to a lot. So, How much do you pay attention to what's going on with them while you're in season or is it just kind of keep in um, mind here? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously, you know, I consider myself a hockey nerd and obviously the goal is one day to play for the Blackhawks. So obviously I watch them as much as I possibly can and um, obviously I focus a little bit, but I mean, I'm going to watch hockey games. That's, you know, I love doing in my free time. So, um, but besides that, yeah, I mean, just kind of focus on everything at the rink here. I mean, right now, obviously, our work's kind of cut out for us. we got to start winning hockey games. But, yeah, like you guys said, I mean, obviously, I'm going to focus on that because that's where I want to be one day. Right. Hey, uh, just one more for yeah. you. You mentioned, you know, the Hawks level of um, focus on your game when you're here. Other guys that you play with or play against that have been drafted by other organizations, is that typical? Or do you find that the Hawks are a little more involved than other organizations might be with other college prospects? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I was drafted by the Avalanche, so um, my contact with them it wasn't even you know that long. I was with that organization, but I just feel like the Blackhawks do such a much better job of you know focusing on their prospects and 
understanding, you know, what they need to get better on developmentally. And because, I mean, you know, the prospect pool, that's the face of the future. You know, obviously it's a rebuild there and it doesn't seem as much like that right now. I mean, they're doing pretty well, but um, yeah, I mean, just Eric Condra, you know, Mark Eaton, Kendall Coyne, they've been so hands-on and, you know, I get a text from them all the time just, and it's not even like hockey related, it's just how are you, you know, what's going on, how's school going and things like that. And I didn't get that with Colorado. So I think that in itself says a lot. There you go. It's tough to hear that and not feel good about the way the Hawks are approaching this uh, player development thing. Ryder Ralston, yeah. if we were to make a list of Blackhawks prospect prospects, top 15 maybe? I mean, if that, if we maybe had right a, around there. If, if we had a, a triangular ranking system that we could reference, it'd be That's great. That's true. If only somebody did that. If only Ooh. you could find Perhaps it at allchgo.com. Um, yeah, he's obviously right in the middle of, of, of the group. And uh, I think he, I think he's got, you know, an outside chance. Uh, he's leading Notre Dame right now. Uh, as far as I've, uh, as going into this weekend, he was leading Notre Dame in points. Um, definitely has the green light to try and shoot and score. And that's kind of a big, big part of his game. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely not the top of the heap, but he's not just a throwaway guy. Like he's, no, he's, he's got it. He's got a chance. Yeah. So for the Blackhawks to, as, as he said, be in that much communication with him. And, and like he said, at the end with uh, contact with Eric Condra and Mark Eaton and, and um, Kendall Coin Schofield to be able to have those conversations and not have it just be, Hey, how's your diet? How's your workouts? Like, right. it's just like, Hey, how you doing? Like, how are, how's school going? What's, you know, things like that. Like that's kind of this that extra step that I like to see that the Blackhawks are doing with their prospect system. Um, that's what they got to be doing. I liked what he said too about prospects know it's a competition too. So if if they see another prospect is really in touch with Kendall Coyne or Mark Eaton or whoever, and they're not, I might say, oh god, like you know, uh, you know, Ryan yeah. Green is ta- is talking to them all the time. I better step my game up, right? Because coaches see that too. Like, what is what is their commitment to us? Are they reaching out to us for things? Are they talking? Are they staying in touch? I I just we just to sort of take everybody behind the curtain. When we planned that trip, we wanted to see Nazar and Fantilli with Michigan. We wanted to see Slaggart and Ralston with Notre Dame. Our Fantilli request was denied. Yeah. Michigan didn't let us talk to him. Nazar's hurt. Landon Slaggart got hurt. So Ryder Ralston was it was kind of him or bust. And they had lost five to one that night, so we weren't sure if he was going to be made available, what his mood was going to be, and we didn't really know what we were going to get from him. And I'm so glad we went mm-hmm. to hear from a prospect of that tier in your pyramid. It's not Lucas Reichel. It's not Kevin Korchinski, right? It's not mm-hmm. a guy who they've deemed as potential franchise guy. For him to rave that much and to make the comparison to Colorado, and look, maybe none of this matters because Colorado's doing fine. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Um, like, they're, let's, they're let's not, be they're serious. They're not worried about their prospects right now. But it's just, I think it's really refreshing to hear that. And Eric Condra, um, one of the things he said when I, when I said to him, it's clear that Ralston feels that he is a Blackhawk. Eric Condra said to me, that's how we want them to feel. We want them to feel that way. We want them to have ownership and pride in being a Blackhawk, and you're seeing that. And I think when you hear stuff like that and you watch a game like last night, I think stuff like that can be a little bit renewing 
and saying, okay, look, it's not just lip service. It's not just Hawks trying to sell you a rebuild because they want to go on the cheap, which we don't think it is, but some people do. Like They're really committed to this. Yeah. And it shows in the effort they're putting in with their communication, with their players, with the hiring of scouts and development people. Their prospect pool basically doubled last summer it's, after yeah. that draft, mm-hmm. right? It takes personnel to do that. It takes people following up, and they are fully committed to it. And whether or not this turns into another Stanley Cup or two or three, we don't know. But at least the approach is sound. Yeah, It's the culture that we keep talking yes. about. They're trying to build a culture. And the culture goes beyond what happens at the United Center 82 times a year. You know, it starts with guys like Ryder Ralston. The second you're drafted, you're made to feel part of the organization. Every step of your way, whether it's college, juniors, ECHL, AHL, every step of the way, you're still part of that organization. So when you get to Chicago... You're here, but you already know what's expected of you. And what's great is that he's coming in as not a he, – he, he wasn't a Davidson draft pick, wasn't a Davidson acquisition. Like, he, he came in under the previous GM and still feels like he's getting the attention of, like, someone who was brought in just this past summer, yeah. and which, which I think is great. And, and the comparison to the experience he had with the Avalanche for as long as he was a, a, a prospect in their system – yeah, to, to what you said, like the Avs are right now in a, in a position where they are focused on keeping their Stanley Cup window open, winning Stanley Cups, and and focusing on like, yeah, we're probably going to try and sustain that success at the detriment of our prospect pool, but they're in that position. The Blackhawks years ago were in that position. How many times did they have, you know, top prospects that just toiled away and did nothing? You know, yeah. through, through the through the Cup era – you could point at Ryan Hartman, Tavo, who else? Philip Deneau. You traded him away. Yeah. Like, there, there's really no prospect that, like, came through that really, like, stuck and, like, really made an impact because they weren't focusing on that. Right. Yeah. They, they were focusing on, 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 you know, having the championship window stay open and, and being cup contenders. And that's what you have to do as a team like that. But the Blackhawks, they're not still doing that. And I think I think some people may still have the wrong idea of how the organization is operating because they're not still doing that. They're they're they don't have that same mentality of the previous front office where they're just going to go for it and it doesn't matter about the next season or it doesn't matter about developing the young players. Like this new group has come in, they've changed the direction of what the NHL team is going to do, what the AHL team is going to do, and what they're doing with their prospect system and how they're operating. And I think that that's a, that's a huge change. And the hope is that it has very long-term payoffs. Well, the last guy was very much a we'll figure it out sort of a thing. Right. And when you're competing and when you're up against the cap, there is some reality to that, right? We'll worry about next year's money next year. Our job right now is to win. Right. And if we've got to make a tough decision at the end of the season, fine. But we're going to go for it this year. But then he was not able to adapt that mindset. Two years ago, he says, oh, yeah, it's time to re- to rebuild on the fly or whatever he called it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Youth movement. That never works, by the way. No. You can't half it. You have to just do it. And then the next year, he's like, well, screw that. I'm getting Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury and, and Jake McCabe, and I'm going to bring in all these veterans for one, one last push at the cup. That absolutely fails, mm. and now his replacement is forced to pick up the pieces of that, and right. the only way to do it is the way they're doing it now. Right. Yeah. So, 
I know. I feel good. I feel good. After talking to Ryder Ralston and hearing from Luke the last couple days, it's, it is like literally like a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. Because right. it makes you feel, you feel like, it okay, ma- there's, a, there's a point to this. It makes it. last night's game like more s- easier to stomach. Because you're like, eh, all right, one of those games, man. You're going to have a bunch of them this year. Yeah. They're coming. So keeping the perspective on you know, everything happening outside of the 60 minutes of hockey uh, is, is important. You had a really good idea last night uh, in the press box when we were talking about, oh, my God, look, it's Mackenzie Entwistle and Jujar Kara on the power play. You're like, you, we should start a, like a running document of all these things that three or four or five years from now we can look back at and say, remember when we mm-hmm. actually had to have this guy on the power play like as a reminder of like, yeah. hey, this is hopefully rock bottom and we're only going in the right spot. You yeah. know, but when you hear prospects rave about the communication with the team, that's great. When you have a coach that is open and honest, that's great. When you have a GM that has been tr- transparent in his plans, it's great. This organization has a direction for the first time in a long time. Will it work? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there is a direction clearly stated it's all we've been asking for for the last six, seven years. Yep. So right. now we have to just let Kyle Davidson put his plan in motion and see if it works. And yeah, exactly. And to back that up, I will pump the tires of um, Scott Powers and, and Mark Lazarus. They spoke with Kyle Davidson and, and wrote about it in the athletic recently. Um, and Davidson said in, in the interview that what is happening this season, the way that they've gotten off to this, to this start, a little bit of an unexpected start as far as results go. It's not deviating from what he came into the season with the plan, with what the plan was going to be, what the plan is for next season and the season after and the season after. He's ke- he's keeping with it, and that was something that uh, previous GM, um, Notre Dame alumni, uh, he didn't do. He he flat out said that that falling for false hope is what got the organization in trouble. Yeah. So he he again, we we talk about Luke Richardson sees everything we're seeing. Kyle Davidson does too, mm-hmm. so it, they're they're in good hands. Now we just have to give them the time to see if it works. Yep. And if it doesn't, we'll run him on a, out of town on a rail too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll be he who shall not be named part two. Mm-hmm. Oh, get another jar. <laughs> Going to need a bigger jar. All right, let's wrap things up. Uh, thanks to Lawrence for running the show today. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, reminder: early puck drop uh, tomorrow for the nationally televised game. Six thirty puck drop against the Blues. We'll be on after as we always are. Uh, we've got our, we're off on Thursday. We've got our special show Friday at 11 a.m. Do not miss that show. Next week on Tuesday, 2 o'clock, we're talking to Bernie Nichols. He's going to join the show, too. He's got a book out. So uh, lots of big shows coming your way and over Gretzky's the next coming. Uh, he, And Wayne Gretzky better <laughs> be coming. Or we're going to have some speaks with Liam McHugh yeah. that he won't pick up the phone. Because he had travel issues. No, not his fault. Things happen, and uh, Liam guaranteed us he'll be back on the show later. But I really would like to leverage that into a Wayne Gretzky interview. Maybe we can get a get a trip on the Wayne plane. That sounds great. <laughs> I mean, you might get biz nasty. You know, I don't know. Nope, nope. Uh, I'll pass. We Let's won't be it. doing that. That's all right. He's got his own <laughs> crappy show he can talk on. Yeah, we're not Boston enough. Stay off of our crappy show. <laughs> yeah, we need someone uh, with thick Boston accents to just make it really, really hard to listen to. Yeah, let's not do that. All right, let's wrap things up. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow post game on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.